With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. It's been a difficult week. Um, the pod has been delayed by a day. Purely, I made the mistake of going on social media yesterday. I realised that it was, the meltdown was in full swing. I thought, I need to govern my thoughts a little bit before we do this pod. Um, and also, <laughs> nobody was available. Brendan was down the beach. Other people were at the game. Seb was watching probably like the Strictly repeats. I don't know. <laughs> but we've got two of them in the house tonight. So joining from South London is Mr. Paul Muir. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm all right. I've dried out now after the halftime downpour, uh, <laughs> which, which you might have seen on telly. It went biblical. There was thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Anyway, it was yeah, it, it came down, and obviously where I'm fortunate enough to see it was just underneath. Yeah. But there were there were people there getting pretty wet, and those ponchos and stuff they brought they weren't that good in that kind of <laughs> biblical storm. Obviously, after that first half, which we'll go into, it was quite ironic. But uh, yeah, yeah, 24 hours later, kind of got my thoughts together a bit more, and uh, yeah, let's go, let's go. I was going to message you because I looked at the weather and it was like three hours of storms either way. But then when I woke up and like the day, it was quite sunny for a bit, but I knew still still knew it was coming. So I was going to jokingly send you a message. I knew your, your bit isn't particularly well covered. <laughs> Bring your poncho. And then like it just opened up to it. I was just looking, just thinking, you poor bastards. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, also joining from up north, Mr. Seb Short. How are you doing? Seb. I'm all right. Um, uh, I had the pleasure, I, obviously, I, I went down to see my parents in uh, in Essex at the weekend and I uh, thought it would be a really good idea to kind of get my dad out of the house, come watch the football. He's like that, you know that chap in the fast show who thinks everything's rubbish? <laughs> Kane, yeah. he's rubbish. He's rubbish. Back passing, rubbish. Conte, who's he? Why do keep showing him? He's rubbish. I can see why he's a Spurs fan. He's fixing quite well. <laughs> he, he's, he, he gave up a long time ago and I keep trying to convince him and I thought, home record, 10 out of 10. 
this will be the game. He'll enjoy this. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't last sixty minutes. He went home, <laughs> and then my mum told me that she walked home with him. He just literally effed and Jeff the whole way up the uh, whole way up the road from the pub. So yeah, brilliant. Who can blame him? Right. Well, I don't know where to start. Let's start with the lineup because there was lots of changes, weren't there, Paul? Uh, yeah, some, there were. some key players that we maybe weren't anticipating being out. Admittedly, we've. We were told minor injuries, but still, what did you think of the lineup when you saw it? I didn't know about these injuries until um, uh, kind of like about an hour and a half before the game, and then it was like little whispers coming out that uh, Hoiberg had done done something, and uh, and also Romero. It's like, well, the day before the game, I mean, if they're going at it full pelt, I mean, that's just bad training. That that's the first thing that pops into my It's like, why are you got why why are people getting injured like in training mm-hmm. before a game? It's like, well, is intensity wrong, or has it been a collision, or is 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 you know are they trying to get back to some kind of sharpness? Anyway, to to go obviously Sanchez Royale was back. You know that right hand side, which we'll probably go in, but well, we definitely will go into. That was a worry. Wasn't too worried about Longley uh, back in as well. Um, Hoiberg, I felt, would be a real miss, mm-hmm. and I think he was in a, in, a, in a few aspects. Skip did well, which I'm going to come on to as well. But Hoiberg was a bit of a miss yesterday, um, and it just proves that while he might not be the flashiest of players, he's very, very essential to making us play the way we we play when we play well. If that makes sense. So yeah, lots of surprises, but there's a right hand side that really stuck out for me when mm-hmm. uh, I saw the lineup. What do you think, Seb? I mean, I agree with the Hoiberg comments, but it's, I mean, it's also the fact you don't know whether it's because he's so integral to how we play or the fact that he just does play every single game. So it's almost like if one player is missing from that lineup that you're used to being there all the time, it's going to cause a, a, a bit of a shock, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I agree with Paul. I think we, we, we really did miss him. He, he's been very impressive um, so far this season. Um, I, probably... I don't know. It's hard to say because I think we're going to really rip into the team. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of he, he is a player that that gives everything. I, I think we really missed it, um, a little little bit of leadership yesterday. Um, it's probably another thing that, that I want to cover. That I didn't feel it. Mm. Kind of took it took it by the scruff of the neck. And and I guess really um, that's something that you can say Hoybier tends to do. Yeah, yeah, he's very important in that that respect. He is almost like a de facto captain, isn't he? Um, all right, well, let's crack into the game. I thought we started quite well. We <laughs> did. No, yeah, we did. We started great, actually. And that, that was the thing that made it so difficult once we'd conceded that stupid goal. Because I thought we started brightly. Admittedly, uh, all of Sun's shots were rubbish. But mm-hmm. it was we were breaking well and Skip was involved. Uh, Royal was getting forward. You could kind of see that we not everybody was committing. We, we were still trying to sort of counter them, but we mm-hmm. looked like we would. And even I think Sun had that chance. Then no, Sun had two or three chances. I think early on, mm-hmm. um, and the one where he went one on one, that's just like a golden opportunity. So it's not like we weren't creating chances, but again, just wasteful, Paul. We started we started really 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 well. Um, I was a little bit worried about. Uh, uh, Jolinton because I thought he was going to be out but uh, he was there and he pulled away straight onto Royale and they pumped it to him and he won it in the air and Willock was buzzing around and I thought oh here we go but then after the first couple of minutes we, yeah we settled down really nicely and we, we, we actually played some really good stuff Basuma was right uh, in uh, Bruno G's face and every time he got the ball yeah. like Basuma was like near him and everything that Newcastle that I'd seen this season it mm. goes through Bruno G so I was like really impressed by that it's like yep yeah, okay Eves knows what he's doing he's learning the system that Conto's talked about a month ago right here we go and then yeah that the the we were 
pushing the ball forward. Bentancourt was breaking quite well. Skip was working really hard off the back of, um, um, what was his name? Uh, Skip was running forward and uh, trying to like get behind. Was it that was the massive fullback guy called um, Dan Burn? Dan, Dan, thank you, Seb. Dan Burn getting in there as well. Little undercutting runs well from Romero as well because he was getting forward as well. And Willock wasn't coming back, so it looked pretty good going forward on the right hand side. Really impressed by Skip. And yeah, and like, like that one on one, I mean. He just took two touches. If he, if he goes into the box, it's the first time. I don't think Pope's going to save it. And Pope's, mm. Pope, Pope is decent one-on-one. I think he's he's up there with Allison. I think, in the stats for, for one-on-ones, according to Athletic. But to go back to the start, what you were saying, yeah, it was like, I was like this is good. This is all right. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's just a matter of time before one of these chances goes for us. But unfortunately, they, they come back into it. But yeah, the start was excellent. Yeah, and I thought it was quite an open game. It, it seemed like we we're going to have opportunities going forward. Um, did you see it that way as well, Seb? Yeah, I, I thought that the I know there was the song one on one, but the, the one where Kane stood his player up and then moved it uh, moved it to the to the right yeah. and got his uh, got his shot off on target. Pope saved it with his leg. That's that's one. Look, I'm not blaming Kane. He shot on target. It was a really good save. Um, that's one that I, I thought was going to nestle in the back of the net. You know, mm-hmm. It's it's a horrible phrase to say, but you you we. Spurs at the moment, and we'll cover this after we talk about the goals that Newcastle scored. But Spurs at the moment need to score first. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. just it just sets everything up. Um, we're not great at coming coming back from behind, and it, you know I hate what I was going to say was I hate the phrase. It's a different game if we score first, but I, I really felt that it would have been on uh, on Sunday. Um, mm. I, I, I was more than happy with the first twenty twenty five minutes. Uh, what was it? I think we'd had nine, ten shots in the first half an hour. Uh, you know, the, it sets you set the game up, don't you? Son had his first shot within the first minute. Um, he had the, uh, another good chance that whistled over the bar within three minutes. Um, and you know, that's that's what you want to see. You want to know that you know we've we've sat through enough games where we haven't had a shot all half. So yeah, I, I was uh, I was happy with what I saw. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Midweek w- was. Pretty terrible in comparison. I thought the Man United game was much worse. Uh, whilst yeah. United were doing kind of what Sun was doing, just taking pot shots a lot, we were just under pressure and it didn't feel like we had any answer in midweek and, and we genuinely got out-hustled, closed down all over the pitch. Newcastle tried it, but I was just watching it going, I don't think they're quite as good. This is going to be a close one, but I, I honestly thought if the game was going to play out like it was, I thought that we would probably get enough and I thought we'd probably yeah. score a goal and they would struggle. Like... Everton, really good defence. We managed to break them down. Newcastle, again, one of the best defences in the league. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. But really, the way the game played out, it just it just fed into the, their hands, didn't it? Because, I mean, Paul, just talk us through, Lloris. He, he's, he's had a few mistakes in him the last couple of weeks. He's, he's looked a bit shaky the last couple of weeks. Um, balls over the top. He's, he's flown out to sort of to, to intercept them and kick them out and whatever. But I just don't know what he was doing yesterday. Having said that, I just can't believe it wasn't given as a foul. Really? Are you being serious? Yeah, he's got his arm out. Yeah. Like it's not like he just accidentally bangs into him. He puts his arm out, and if that's anywhere else on the pitch, like refs gives fouls for little bumps and pushes and people being like nudged off the ball these days. I just think that if you're going to come out and you're a goalkeeper and they're generally protected more than players are, yeah, I just think there's there's no way that there wasn't contact there, and he had his arm out. That's that's the thing. I think Lurie's made a bit of a meal of it. Went down a bit too easily, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, for me, that was a foul, and it was an easy one to give. I second that. Ball comes over the top. It 
there is a bit of fade, there's a bit of spin on it. It comes up, it comes off Larice's thigh or his knee, doesn't it? And um, mm. then he's then he's in no man's land. He's misjudged it. Um, I don't know where Callum Wilson's supposed to go, um, and that's why I don't think it's a foul. I think it's a collision. I know I know what you're saying about any other any other any other, any other place in the pitch, excuse me. But um, if Larice just like like times that run correctly and who's in the row Z. Mm. Then we're not even talking about that. And oh, absolutely, I'd agree with that. Un- 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 unfortunately, um, he's not looked great with the ball. I mean, th- I still believe he's one of the top three shot stoppers in the league, and I'm, I'm not going to, apart from the ball going on him from Almiron later on. I, but every goal he's got a mistake. But at the ball at his feet, he's looked shaky the last. I mean, the last month, six. I mean, let's let's be honest. He has looked pretty bad with it. Yeah, I know. I know what Seb's going to come on to in a minute as well about because we talked about this in the Patreon chat yesterday. But I think that I don't think that's a foul. I, I, I just don't think I, I don't think Wilson get can get out of the way first and foremost. He puts his arm out, I think, just to maybe kind of protect himself or something like. Maybe I'm being a little bit kind of favourable to Callum Wilson now. I don't know, but to me, massive Hugo mistake. If he clears it, Rosie, we're not even talking about it. It's um, it's a mistake. There's mistakes all all the way through. Um, I think it was Cher who played played the ball forward shouldn't have been allowed to to play that you know straight. Straight ball. Um, and Dyer is is nowhere near Wilson. Yeah. For me, it is a foul. I I, I, I think it's a foul. When it, when I looked at it, looked at it back, what annoyed me most, I think, um, was simply the inconsistency of the decision. Uh, yeah. I think it was Jared Gillett. Was it? Was the referee? He was yeah. the um, VAR. Uh, I don't know if you remember going back a few week, well, quite a few weeks, the um, Jared Bowen Kepper incident. Yeah, yeah, he was the referee there. He gave that as a foul. Yeah, I, I don't get the, I don't, I don't. There's no consistency. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- this, th- this is the, the the biggest problem. Um, he didn't go. He wasn't asked to go and look, um, which I found very surprising. I think if it, it, it had gone to VAR. So why, why are they both making a decision without feeling the need to see it? Well, or, or the, advising the referee to see it again. Um, I didn't like it. I, VAR is so inconsistent. It's so consistent in its inconsistency. It makes, <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. You know, crowd. Obviously, I wasn't there, but Paul, I'm guessing, crowd didn't really know what was going on. Were you surprised that no. he wasn't asked to go over to the to the screen? Uh, what 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 was going on inside the stadium? Because it, it, for me, it felt like it broke for 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 a decent period of time. What what were the crowd expecting? I think what I think they were looking at either that well first of all they was looking for foul play and they was looking for handball was it Franco came up on came up on the big screen for the VAR, they were checking for handball as well the Larice, um, I think was, yeah there was a few things being checked that's right yeah, yeah. and yeah. offside so, I think as well yeah so they were they were also and it's it, as as it is, is with any VAR decision when you're at the lane or you, you get it up on the big screen and that's it you you might as well call someone who's watching on the telly and get a running commentary mm. you know from, from the stadium because you got you're going to find out more information that way. Um, but yeah, there was, there was, there was, it was a good three, three and a half minutes while they're making that decision, and no one, no one knew what was going on. No one. Mm. And I don't even think the foul was considered, if I'm honest, the way it looked. But I don't know. If you, if you slow that down on the screen, it's going to look worse, isn't it? It's, it's, it always does. I mean, I mean, even a collision like that is it is going to look worse. And if he if he went to the screen and if he was told to go to the screen, then he would have overturned it. Because Wilson held his arm out, that was the yeah. thing for me. His arm was was out, and Larice is caught by his arm. Now, yeah, I agree with you, Franco. He goes down down easy, but I, I, it still makes no sense to me. It doesn't for me in real time, or if you slow it down, 
that makes no sense. And you can say where where did where could Wilson go? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the that's the no. that's the issue really. He, it's not that he could have gone anywhere else. It's the fact that he stayed where he was and he fouled the player. He fouled Larice by ha- by putting his arm out. That's yeah. I think if you're trying to protect yourself, you almost put your arms into yourself, don't you, to act as a buffer so you don't you don't whack your your body into somebody. Like you protect yourself with your arms, and he stuck his arm out, and Larice was kind of to the side of him. So if anything, I don't yeah, I don't think he was protecting himself. And I just think I'm surprised that would be given elsewhere. If a defender did that and a, a winger was knocking knocked it past him, tried to run past him, and he put his arm out, that's a free kick. It is. It's just that anywhere, a midfield battle, someone puts their arm out, it's a free kick. So I was just extremely surprised that it didn't go to VAR and extremely surprised that the decision stood. But it is what it is. Nice finish. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, it's just a bit embarrassing, really. And the thing is, you've got Larice doing that and then Dyer in recent weeks as well has just not been on it. I don't think, like, Dyer yesterday, there was a moment where he was, he was dwelling on the ball in defence, waiting for a ball, and then he kicked it left foot and just kicked it out of touch. And then a few minutes later, then he'd do a, a back pass to Larice that he just kicked out for a corner. Like defensively at the minute, we, we, we look a, a bit on the rocks, I think. I think yesterday we looked really, really bad because we're going to go back to what Seb said with Hoiberg missing out. There was a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of like leadership uh, needed yesterday and uh, your, your Harry Kane's or your your Hugo Larices or even your Dyers for the very reason you're talking about there because they're making mistakes. There is no leadership on the pitch. We did freeze. I said this to Celia and the people around me at the game yesterday. It's like we, after that first goal went in, we, we, we harried a little bit, but also we were running around like headless chickens. It was like almost like we didn't know what to do. Mm. It was it was really relevant when I was watching it. It's like, you know, Dyer's got the ball at his feet and we've worked really hard to get it back. And then there's zero movement from in front of him. It's like yeah. it's almost like they're waiting for someone to take take not not take control of the game, but also like just to like start be a catalyst for something. And like there was no one. Because they were like, it was like they were shit scared of like making another mistake. Mm. It was really relevant, really, really relevant in the ground. You say about 20, 25 minutes, and then they scored a second, which um, was just a fucking clusterfuck, basically. Excuse me, but it was yeah, yeah. There was no leadership yesterday. To, to go back to what Seb, Seb said at the beginning of the pod, there was zero zero leadership on that field yesterday at that most important crucial stage. Can I just add on the Hoybier thing? Um, it's the positions that he takes up as well from uh, when we're playing out from the back. And I want to cover playing out from the back in greater detail if I can in a bit, particularly. Go for it, Seb. Go for it now. Well, well I'll, I'll try and cover both, both both points. So when we play out from the back normally, Hoybier is the one that drops in between Dyer and your, your right-sided um, defender, yep. n- normally Romero. He picks up the ball and then he's the one that makes the passes out either to Sessignon, as it was yesterday, or, or Romero, or plays uh, a straighter ball into into one of the attackers. Um, so as well as his leadership yesterday, I felt we just looked completely lost when the centre-backs, namely Dyer, had the ball. He didn't know what to do with it. it it's mm-hmm. used to... Now, it's... It's awful, really, because this is professional football. You should have other options, especially when you know that your player is not going to be there for someone come and get the ball off you. He didn't know yeah. what to do with the ball. He looked lost yesterday. So, yeah, covering that Hoybier point. Right, playing out from the back. I, I wrote this on the on the Patreon briefly last night, and this is this is really simple, but it, this this is what I believe. You divide our players up into the following. You go. So yesterday, Larice, Emerson, Sanchez, uh, Dyer, Davis. Uh, sorry, Longley, uh, Cessignon. That's Group One. Group Two: 
Bissouma, Bentancur, Skip. Group three, Kane and Son. Which one of those is the weakest on paper? Which one, which group? At what? Passing? But just in, just general, just football. Which which one of those, you know, if you had to pick a group to win you a football match, who are you going to pick? Yeah, this, I'll pick the strikers as the strongest. Of course. And then the midfielders in the middle, in the mid, middle, and we're weakest at the back. So why are we repeatedly giving the weakest players on the football pitch the ball? That's what we are doing. Now, I know it's easy. The counter argument to that is to say, well, let's just go long, but that doesn't work, right? Or that, you know, mm-hmm. with the times that we did go long, maybe Kane doesn't win the ball, it bounces out and gives Newcastle control of possession or they waste time or all these all these other counter arguments to it. But the long, long and short of it is we are giving our players who are weak on the football, weak on the football. So not just weak footballers, weak with the ball. And I, I would say that is Sanchez, Dyer. Sessignon uh, and Emerson. They are mm. our weakest players on with, with the football. And Lloris, with a ball at his feet, is weak. Yeah. We are put we are asking them, or Conte is asking them, to 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 be good with the football, not just good, absolutely bloody precise. No margin for error. None. And when they played, honestly, I was there at United. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was it was like watching kids who who had no clue how to change it up, how to change something. Why were they playing five yards from their goal? Yeah. Well, in fairness to Man United, they did close down really well. Okay. Didn't they? they do it once or twice. <laughs> you change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah, don't great. understand. And yesterday, we, you know, and Son and Kane were so, um, so far away because the, the midfield, no one was dropping like Hoybier does. So the midfield were around the centre circle. Uh, the, the strikers were on the halfway line. And we had five defenders spread across, pushing slightly up, as per the second goal with, with Sessignon, but easily closed down. It's so easy. You can leave the strikers alone as a defender. Mm. You can leave them alone because you, the ball's not going to get to them. Because if you close it down quickly enough, Sessignon panics, Emerson panics, Dyer panics, you're in. You're 30 yards from goal maximum and you're in. I don't understand it. I get the um, beat the press. You know, that's the aim of the game is to draw them draw them in and then play these these straight line footballs into, into Kane. And it happened a couple of times yesterday. You know, Kane gets the ball and he turns and he's putting skip through and, uh, and everything else. I get what it's meant to do, but it happens, let's say, well, on, against United, it happened once. Okay, mm. got in, I can remember. Against... Um, uh, Newcastle yesterday, I think there was maybe three or four times where the tactic worked. But counter mm. that with the fact that probably eight or nine times it didn't work and Newcastle are in. And it, against United, it was 29 times. So yeah. where's it, where, where's the payoff? Well, the thing is against United, a lot of those shots were from range. They did get behind us a lot more often than I would hope though because this season we have been defensively solid. We've talked about it. This is a defensive setup. And the idea being there, you know, we'll create a few chances in that game and hopefully our strikers are precise enough and deadly enough that they'll score. But they haven't been. And we know that this season, Sun is off his game, Kane's struggling, Kula's out, obviously Rishi out as well. We're going to struggle to score those in those instances and that's been proved. And then defensively, if you just... Yesterday, it was... I don't... I'll go again. I don't think we would have conceded or at least conceded two. That first goal was just an error. But you're you know. playing the fine margins the whole time. It's like it's a constant roll of the dice, isn't it? That, and 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 what? Well, uh, look, we'll cover this as well. The other problem with it is it appears to be the only tactic we have. 
yeah. That's the issue. You know, like I said to you in the United game, for, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. What I was watching that first half an hour, it was, I mean, it was awful. It was so bad. It, shots were just coming in all over the place, and you can say they were from distance. Whatever, being behind that goal, it didn't feel like it, mate. It felt <laughs> it, honestly, it felt like it was every thirty seconds, and we again yeah. pick the ball up, we would get it again, we roll it along the six yard line. Dyer tries to find Perisic or or whatever, and it happens again. And again, I think and a, again, at one point said it literally was every thirty yeah. seconds. <laughs> there was loads of shots. Yeah. Yes, yesterday we're one nil down now, right at home. Let's yeah. let's let's create some territory. Let's build some pressure. Let's test them in the air. Let's do something different than we are going to play twenty yards from our goal, and we're going to try yeah. and put a pinpoint pass through to Kane and he's going to pick it up and he's going to pay a pinpoint pass through and Son's going to be in because that's what we're asking for every time and it's really easy to play against they, they, and they looked they looked ab- it wasn't that they looked out of ideas yesterday they looked mm. bored with the tactic to me it looked like they were bored shitless but it did there was nothing well I was <laughs> yeah, my dad was as well <laughs> Yeah, it was it was disappointing, um, and then like we said, the, the 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 same mistakes really led to their goal. It was a great finish by Almiron, but again, like I don't know what Larice is doing, trying to loft the ball up to Cess. Cess loses the physical battle to no surprise to anybody, and you know then he just gets in behind. Longley didn't really fucking do anything. Yeah, really frustrating goal. I've said this before a couple of times. I I don't know, maybe Longley's not aware. Of, well, he should be aware of Almiron because he's one of the informed players in the league right now. Um, he kind of like you know what he's going to do. You, you, he, he wants to he wants to keep it on his left. So show him the line. So he's got to use his right. But what he does, as Seb has just alluded to there, he kind of stops. If it's only for half a second, he, and then Almiron didn't even stand him up. Long way just stops. Mm. Uh, he freezes and he's square on, and then he can't move his feet because Almiron's got the full momentum, and he just breezes past him. And yeah. he look, I mean, he just breezes past him, and then. He's still got enough space because 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 of what Longley's done at the edge of the box, he stopped. He's still got enough space to go around him and still keep it on his left foot and get a decent angle for, for the shot. Yeah, you're looking for Larice to save that, and he didn't. And unfortunately, it squirmed underneath him, yeah. and it's gone in as well. It's really, really, really poor all round from us, really. And um, yeah, and then then I in, in my kind of heart hearts, I knew that it was over at that point because I knew I, I just didn't see us getting back into it at no. all. Just well, felt like look, Newcastle had already started time wasting before that, and I know yeah. I don't want to go over this because I don't really care. No, like, no, team, no, no, no. Teams do it. There's that stat today about the ball was only in play 53 minutes. I don't know what the average is. 53 seems like very little, but mm. that's that's just so many teams have come and done that. So many, but over the years, it's not like this is a new tactic in football. It's not a new thing. No, teams that come to defend will come and if they snatch a goal through our own fucking ineptitude and our own mistakes, then they're going to sit there and they're going to time waste and they're going to frustrate the hell out of you. The crowd, it absolutely just killed the crowd. I felt mm. like everybody felt exactly like you just said, Paul. Everyone was just like, we're not going to get back into this. Even probably at one, we knew it was going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, the second half, I know we did get that that early goal back from the corner and whatever, but apart from that, we, we created hardly anything. I think after that goal, we had two shots, maybe three. After three shots. after a goal, after a goal after we had three shots. Three, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at it now. Three shots in the entire half, which is just you know for a team that's both trying to go through at that point, it just wasn't good enough yesterday. And and we allowed almost like the, the Newcastle to get that moment to get the impetus and have the confidence, and then they just closed it down, made it very difficult for us. 
the, yeah, Longstaff came back. I mean, I was quite impressed by Longstaff. I know I've, I've slagged him actually a couple of times, but he's actually he's actually really really disciplined in midfield. And then mm-hmm. Willock not did much going, for, and then Almiron come back and Jordan and they'd almost like they'd almost like five in front of their in front of their back four. I thought I think Botman is really really good. I think Sven Botman's a really good buy for them. He's left footed, and you can see it. You, I, I wished at the time over the summer that we'd we'd looked at him, but you know, obviously we didn't. But they did. They made it very very difficult. They slotted back in. They knew exactly whether everyone was going down with a cramp or uh, a fake head injury or something like that. And it was just like it was really really bitty. And you know, Pope I think took sixty two seconds over a goal kick. I mean, this is another thing as well. Refs have got to, refs have got to stop this kind of time wasting and by giving the yellow card early in the game, like yeah. 60, 65 minutes, and he's not going to do it again. And you, but no, there's no point in booking Pope in eighty three minutes, which which is what he did yesterday. That 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 ref that, that ref was just they they took the piss out of him yesterday. Newcastle, they did. Let's be honest. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought the ref was weak, but also, I mean, somebody online has just calculated the basics of like players getting subbed, var calls, injuries, and that added up to ten minutes, and we got five minutes of extra time. The thing is, like, if you're going to have these VAR judgments, then everything needs to change. You remember Fergie time where you'd get like minutes, and that's just if there was like injuries and stuff during the game. You still get that, but now you get three or four minutes of VAR calls, so you can't have five minutes at the end of it. It just it just makes no sense. But look, we know it's a tactic that they're going to mm-hmm. that they're going to employ. It's, there's no real surprise there, um, and it's just we got ourselves in that situation. I don't know what you can what you can do about it apart from score goals. <laughs> and if you're only going to have three shots in the entire half after we've tried, got back into it, I do I do I watch the second half yesterday, and we're two down, and I just think okay, Harry now and and Son. Uh, or somebody is just going to go absolutely apoplectic his teammates and go like, come on, this is not good enough. You know, somebody somewhere is going to like start to like show that leadership that, that we've alluded to already in, in, in this podcast, but no one does. So that got me thinking going home last night. I was thinking, well, what, why don't, are they that, are they that kind of like program now to play this way where any kind of form of expression is almost like the handbrake is strangled. The handbrake's put on. It's like Basuma. I know Basuma can carry the ball better than most people in this league, but he never gets the opportunity in this system. Or Conte doesn't allow him to do it. And I, I, I just wonder mm. that the why the, these why these players like just somebody just doesn't like like not go rogue or just go off, go off script and just say right okay let let's 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 just like show like a little bit of heart and like, you know, let's like go at players and let's like, you know, like shout and scream at the wingbacks to like get forward and stuff. And just, there was just, there was zero of that. You say, it's almost like they are like Conte's watching. We're about to do what he says. Cause if not, I'm going to be in Sturm. I don't think you're you're far wrong. I'm really alarmed by um, some of the Conte comments um, about the players that he signed about has to understand the way that we want to play in the system. And, you you know, all these type of, you know, until he understands my philosophy and and all this type of stuff. Let the lad go out and play football, for Christ's sake. You know, Basuma is playing for handbrake concept. Oh. The, the guy, the guy is quality with a ball at his feet. Well, I thought he was very he good class- yesterday. I, th- I thought he was one of our best players. He met, skip for skip for sixty minutes yesterday. I thought was excellent as well. Breaking forward, try, as we said earlier, trying to trying to get on the ball. Yeah, you know, he was he was like in that inside right channel and really trying to make things happen. He hasn't got a cross him. He hasn't got a killer pass him yet. But at least he was trying. And but Basuma's like as soon as he gets the ball, he can go past. He can go past. Go, uh, 
Bruno G. He can pass long stuff. We know he can do this. Willick is nothing special. You know, let let him break and let like players like like react off that break even with the ball. But no, I'm going to play it sideways and I'm going to drop back in front of Dyer. I'm going to take it off Dyer and I'm going to do this. And as you said, there's no passing angle because so, Hoiberg gives you that passing angle. You're absolutely right. It's just like what you buy this player from from Brighton, but you almost like try and change him. Yeah. And it's just like what you, Antonio. I don't get it. Of course, you know I only see like the games, and but it just feels like you've got this kind of like ready-made ball-carrying kind of mid number six, if you want to call, or even an eight, and uh, yeah, an attacking mid, like sorry, a box-to-box midfielder. But you're not letting him do it, so I don't get it. I, do you know what I mean? I it's, felt as well yesterday, like, like when we scored. What was it? Fifty-four minutes, something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what it was like in the stadium. It didn't come through when when I was watching it on the telly. I, when Kane scored that, and I know there was the break again with the VAR check and something, but I wanted to see from him, who you know he's a de facto captain out out on the you know outfield players. I wanted to see a you know a, a bellow to the crowd. A, Come on, you know, let's, let's mm. lift everything up. And it was just very like ploddy again I saw it at United when they scored and he just gets the ball puts it on the centre circle we, we carry on there's no like you said there's no berating there's no I want to see some more leadership I want to see players dug out by other players on the pitch um, mm. you know the only thing I, I, I saw at United was Conte and Benton Kerr balling at each other um, I, I didn't see anything yesterday at all and you know I would expect 40 minutes in the rain or you know 35 well 40 minutes with the injury time 40 minutes in the rain at home you know you batter them you are you know you're keeping the ball and you are shooting everywhere get a shot off get a shot off you know who knows what can happen five minutes injury time there was nothing there was no momentum there was no um crescendo or anything like that where it was going to build it was going to happen it was going to happen just flat really really flat they did look knackered I'll say that as well I thought certain players looked absolutely shot um, and the mm-hmm. other thing is um, I didn't understand the changes but I, no. I'll let you guys talk about that <laughs> <laughs> no the, the changes aren't great and that's the thing even in midweek I thought thought pretty much similar um, he made those changes late didn't he it's like well what's the point now and, but it's just disappointing like you say said that there's, there's, there's just nothing there doesn't seem to be somebody trying to take the game by the scruff of the neck you know you look at other games the team goes 2-0 down sometimes they get two back sometimes they get three back you just with this team at the moment I've got no confidence of that happening because nothing tactically changes on the pitch that's the that's the issue it, it, it there's no it, it's just hoping that the, the the same thing is going to eventually work you know, yeah, but he also makes weird subs like yesterday. He takes off Sanchez, puts on Doherty, and then and then puts uh, Royale back to centre back. It's like I don't know. It's not really much of a sub, is it? It's just weird. So Cesc came off. Cesc came off at sixty-one. He's on a yellow. Um, it's not as I said. Not Cesc's best game. On comes Perisic. I was really excited about Perisic beginning of the season, and I, and I, and I, I still have faith in him, but. He's he's not even eighty five percent in my. He looks really good at points gliding across the turf, but he'll he'll come on and he'll run at someone. And the step over when it works is a thing of beauty. It really is. It's ballet to me. And defenders always go the wrong way, and he's away. Yesterday, and also I think um, uh, last no the game before last, he's not really done much. It's he, he's been disappointed. I don't know if he's not fit. I don't know if he's thirty two, thirty three now. And it's beginning to catch up. I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the the the, uh, the reason at all. I just think he's you know 
he he should be what he should know, especially him should know what Conte wants. And it seems as if he's feeling a little bit kind of like the pressure or maybe it's, it's just not going to work out from us yet. It's a bit early. So we make that sub at 61. Okay. Then five minutes later, we take Skip off, who obviously has not played a lot of football. Ryan in front of me, shout out Ryan, if you listen, I think you do listen. All right. He said he's got 60 minutes in him and then he's going to, he's going to get sub. Exactly. So I thought Mora was bright. I thought he did, he, he, he put himself, I don't know what position he was playing. I think he was like a bit of an agent of chaos, to be honest, in that midfield. And he was breaking forward when he can. And he, he got the ball and he, he got it. And he did that thing. And he didn't run down too many cul-de-sacs. And he, he laid it off and he got the ball back quickly and he nicked in. And, and I think he made a bit of a bit of a difference. So that that was positive. But then 81 minutes, as you say, Sanchez for Doherty and then long lay for Davis. It's just like, we, I mean, we, I'm not going to go about the Spence thing because we've done that to death what about already. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if, if you're chasing the game, if you're chasing the game, and, and you know, you know the team in front of you. I mean, they they took off, um, they took off their. Oh, what was it? They took off Wilson and put Woodard a bit later. They taken off Willock, put Murphy on. You know. Yeah, they, they, they were obviously. If, if Murphy comes off Willock, they, they're thinking like we're happy with this at two one. So. Yeah, as you're right, you, you, you throw on another. Yeah, you've got Luke's on there. You might as well throw Hill on. You know, you, you, you're, you're two one down at home. You lost during a week. You don't want to lose a second game on the spin. I, I, I find these subs, I find them bewildering at times. I really do. And I've looked at most of the games this season with these subs, and I don't think I don't. I, nothing to mind really sticks in my head that when he's brought a sub on, it's changed for us in any shape or form. Which is concerning. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how Brian Hill doesn't get on there. It's, it's almost embarrassing that after the, the what was it two games ago, he comes on and, and wins that penalty, and Spurs social media stick up a post about what an impact he had tonight, and then he doesn't get another chance in the in the preceding games. Very strange. And yeah, Perisic, like you can see his quality, but he's he's just not quite doing it, is he? And I, no, he's not. He's I wasn't. Not. I wasn't overwhelmed by that signing in the summer. I've got to say, um, I don't particularly like getting in these brackets experienced players um but i don't know you can see his quality but it's just not working out for him but the same with Cess. i'll go back to the point i keep making is that if you're going to rely on your wing backs to get so involved in the attacking play you need them to be better and they're not because then like yesterday Cess took on his man once i think successfully but none of the balls he put into the box were pretty good emerson didn't put any decent balls into the box either so you almost you just blunted it's just pointless having them there um Cess has regressed a bit yeah 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 I think some of that is. I think some of that is confidence. He doesn't. You look at him. He, he's never like. You look at some players, and you can see they are giving a hundred percent. Almiron yeah. when he won that ball, he you could see every single muscle in his body was going. He was a hundred percent sprinting towards that goal, winning the ball, and, and trying to put it in the back of the net. And Cessy's not. He gets the ball. He knocks it around a man, and he, it's almost like he half-heartedly tries to run past them. And if they show him any kind of physicality, he's just like, ah, oh, just get shrugged off it. Yeah, it's yeah. disappointing. It's- it is. He, he just reminds me of Carl Walker Peters in a way, and uh, he's just—it's not—it's not his stature. I think he's put on a bit of a bit of timber over over the summer, but it's—it's it's a confidence thing. And um, you know, and yeah, you know, a here next summer, and I've watched a doggy uh, for Udinese, and he's good. Yeah. I don't know if he's going. I don't know if he's going to go through the Spence thing at the moment, where he's got to learn the system mm. and all these other bollocks that Conte comes out with sometimes. But you know, Cesc has got like one of the best young wingbacks in Italy coming coming for him next season. This, I mean, we said this at the beginning of of the season. Like this has got Cesc has got to step up, yeah. and he has, and he hasn't in any shape or form. And 
I'm not going to talk about Royale because I know Royale's not a wing-back. <laughs> and, and it frustrates me that we have the best young wing-back in the country sitting on our fucking bench doing nothing. And yeah, disappointing. He only got a few minutes at United, didn't he? And he didn't really seem like he wanted to do too much there. He just got stood up and sort of passed the ball about, which is a bit disappointing. I wanted, I'd almost like Conte, if he's going to put these players on, just say, go on there and just run and just try and do something. But even then, it feels like players are being told to you know, not necessarily do that. So, like we said, two disappointing results. But I feel like this is coming and maybe this is the wake-up call we need to. Not that I know what it's going to make us up to do. <laughs> this is the thing. Look, we've had this with previous managers. Um, Conte appears stubborn, more stubborn than all of them. Mm. Um, I, I fully expected to have some rotation by now, some proper rotation, not just Davis in for Longley, Sessegnon in for Perisic, some, mm. some, some proper rotation. Um, obviously, he's been hamstrung with Richarlison and Kulisevsky. I, I, I get that. And I guess you could argue there's, there's been a little bit of rotation in the, in the midfield. But he, to me, seems like he is wedded to his system, to certain players, to... Uh, look, I don't understand it. it, it the, the football in the, in the last two games, and all right, look, maybe we, I'm being slightly... Um, going against what we said initially because the first half an hour was decent. I was more concerned with the with the last, but not including the goals, I was more concerned with the last 35 minutes. That was my biggest concern yesterday. Yeah. That it didn't change, that there was no atmosphere change, there was no momentum, as I've said. Um, and that is because he sticks to what he does. And that is it. That is the way. There is no other way. This is how we're going to play football. This is who I'm going to play. Um, this is the formation. You know, it might be a slight variation in that, but we're going to play through through the back. We're going to try and kick, hit precise balls um, into players like Kane and Son and hope that they're they're having a good day. I I don't see that there's there can be any difference. You say it's a wake up call, but a wake up call normally reverts in change. Uh, you, you know, and I, I don't think there will be any change. It's not. It's not going to go back to three. Oh, as, as far as I can see, Kulu's not even close yet, according to a couple of people on, on Twitter and a couple of Premier injuries. Uh, Dan Dan Dinnery, sorry Ben Dinnery, not Dan Ben Dinnery. Um, so it'll be probably be three five two again. Um, yeah, I think I think some of the I, th- I think we can, I think we can look at Skip sixty minute cameo, and we look at Basuma as well as two bright things that did happen over the weekend. They do Skip looks. Skip was trying to make things happen and he was getting around the pitch and he was putting challenges in and all the things we know Skip can do, but we also know as well, if you watch England of 21s, is that he can get forward and he did it at Norwich as well when he was on loan. So that was good to see. That's positive. So that, that, that there's another option there as well. I think Basuma, just, I just want him to, as we talked about earlier, just take that handbrake off and just let him run with the ball and, and, you know, and just let him do his thing like he did at Brighton. I think those are two fairly positive things to come out of the weekend. But I'll, I'll it'll, be three, one. it'll be three. It'll be three. Go on, mate. I'd like to see Lucas Moura. Uh, I, but that's that's yeah. That, that's something yeah. that I could see Conte maybe doing is almost like you said. Um, I think you you were right in what you said, Paul, with agent a chaos type thing. I think if you go in, mm. go in, if you went almost three four one two with Lucas in that one 
position. So not necessarily picking up the same spaces as Kulu does, because I don't think he's got mm-hmm. a cross like Kulu has, and uh, he's just not as good a player. But if you have him in 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 the midfield, effectively, um, but behind Son and Kane, um, that's something that I could see happening. That, that is effectively, I think, where he played on on Sunday, and he was. He I was actually, trying to was trying to work out where he was. I, I I couldn't actually work out where he was. To be honest, I think you st- you stick Lucas there. Fifty percent of the attacks that we we go on break down because you lose the ball. <laughs> but seriously, Lucas always does that. It takes on one too many men. I think we're just forgetting because he hasn't been in the team for so long. He, he does. Uh, he, I, I, won't. I wouldn't have him in the middle. I wouldn't have him out wide. But we need to do. <laughs> we, we need to do something different. Yeah, it will be the same. The problem is, you look in football and there's so many examples of a manager creating something better from the sum of its parts, right? Newcastle are a perfect example yesterday. With Conte, yes, we know there's players in that squad that are not like top four quality or they're not gonna they're not gonna win a league title, they're not good enough to probably do that. But there's plenty of examples of teams that have won the league and they've got players that are not up to standard. But the manager builds a system and he builds a team that gets the best out of the best players. And I just feel that this season we're not doing that. And that's that's the issue I have with Conte. Two key words there, Franco, is this season. Because if you go back to, to the end of last season, we were talking that the improvement in Ben Davis, the improvement, Absolutely. Impro- improvement See, this, in their this, retire. We then obviously bought Benton Kerr and Kulusevsky. Wow, improvement. Where, where's that gone? Where is all that where is all that kind of quality and that drive and that that kind of togetherness? And yeah, we are gonna get forth. I am gonna I'm gonna throw myself in front of a of a mm. shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my fucking lungs out of my chest to get back into position there that seems to have gone and that's why i think where conte has got to earn his money he's got to think like he's got to look at it he's got to look at these players you're not going to teach a player at this this stage of their career how to kick a ball better or how to like learn a system it's all it's in their head it's like why are you why are these players like with Hoiberg missing why did they just like freeze yesterday for 20 minutes mm. this is what this is what he's got to do because he as, as you're rightly saying like there was none of that last season in, in the running we went yeah. we went what was it 11 12 unbeaten it was it was and, incredible and, and barring a few games we we were you know I know there was there was Brighton and, and Burnley Brighton we, 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 we'd score two and we'd look like we wanted to score three, four, five. That was what was the, the best thing about it. It was enjoyable because you like, we were scoring goals. We were scoring a lot of goals. You know? Well, exactly. We, we smashed Arsenal in a, in a clutch game where we had to win it and we went and beat them 3-0. The only thing it's got, the only thing it's, it's got to be is like, he's thinking like, I've got to, kind of, I've got the World Cup in three weeks, three and a half weeks. I've got to kind of somehow kind of like periodize what I mean by that is like, look at, look at this period of time before the World Cup and I've got to kind of like, you know, I've, I've, I've got to have this amount of points or this amount of like, I've got to be in this, this this top half of the table or something and then clubs are off or he's got people coming in in January, whatever. I mean, now I am clutching those straws, but I don't understand like looking back at those final games last season and what we're doing now, it's almost like what has changed. And the only thing I think has changed, okay, is either, either some of the players are got their eye on the World Cup or Conte's told them, okay, that we are going to play this way into the World Cup and then we do like we did last season after the World Cup and the, and the window. That's the only different thing I can see in the mix. Mm. I mean, that, that's the one thing I'm quite happy about the season now is it's the World Cup <laughs> after moaning about it endlessly. It's like now it might actually be good for us because 
the team will be apart for a month, just over a month, and then they'll come back and you, you think maybe it is like a start of a new season chance to go again because we've lost that mojo that we had at the end of last season. Like yeah. said, hardly anything has changed with the team. Same players are there, but some of them just look a shell of what they were at the end of last season. Anyway, mindful now that Seb has to crack on. And um, <laughs> just let me quickly mention football prizes. This week they've got a Glenn... Uh, Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle signed and framed Spurs shirt. You don't get a seven-inch vinyl with diamond lights there, I'm afraid. Just oh, no. <laughs> not, in, not interested. <laughs> Just the signed shirts. Um, tickets are four ninety-five. There's 125 tickets available, but 83 have gone already. And the closing date is Tuesday, the 25th of October at 7.30. And don't forget, with the code CHEESE10, that's all letters, CHEESE10, you get a 10% discount off your ticket price. So get involved. Plenty of other prizes available as well at footballprizes.co.uk. Right, Mr. Muir, thank you ever so much for joining as always. Always, no problem. Enjoyed it. Felt a lot better. It was nice to uh, chat with you boys and you know, get, get get some of that, not angst, but get some of those things off my chest. So thanks very much. Cheers for listening. If you like it, please share, subscribe, might leave a kind of little review on uh, Acast, Spotify, Apple Tunes, wherever you get iTunes, where you get a podcast from, help us get the word out there. But yeah, enjoyed it tonight. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Seb, cheers for joining. You've got to quickly run off to YouTube world, haven't you? I have. Can I tell you a little story, though, just very quickly, right? Um, obviously, when we do these pods and the YouTubes and everything, we do look at viewing figures and uh, likes and all this type of stuff. It's very important to us in this kind of social, <laughs> social, social media world that we live in. Um, <laughs> some of you might know or you might not know that I was on a quiz show um, on ITV in the UK a few weeks ago. Did you, did you boys know that? Yes, so right. maybe yes, we did, Seb. Yeah, you mentioned it a few times. <laughs> I might have mentioned it once or twice. Um, someone um, uh, raised uh, it with me yesterday that um, my little clip on uh, on Fastest Finger First has gone on TikTok, right? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many likes do you think my little clip on TikTok has got? TikTok. What was the clip of? It was of me doing uh, being quite clever. <laughs> you did ask, Franco. <laughs> this one where you got a load right in a row. Yeah, yeah this one I got a load right in a row. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know, 100,000? Oh, you're taking it away from me, Franco. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 102,500 likes. Who watches this stuff? Like, don't get me wrong, it's very nice, but who watches this stuff? Not, not me. No, not me. No. Not me either. I, I haven't got TikTok. It's yes, yeah, it's not really my thing. Exactly. You, you do surprise me, Paul. <laughs> I don't mind being tracked by you know the CIA, our secret services, but the Chinese. No, I draw the line at the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Tin hat time. Tin hat time. Keep TikTok to themselves. Right. Anyway, thanks for listening, Cheeseheads. Um, if you want to get involved with our Patreon, because people are still joining, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Cheese Room Podcast. You sound surprised there, Franco. You well, sound really surprised. a little bit. We've got our hardcore. It's like, I'm, I thought if people even know about us now, or they don't. So but anyway, get involved. Um, or ask for it for Christmas as it's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash the Cheese Room Podcast. You can pay three pounds a month. You can pay for the whole year for 36 pounds and uh, get involved at our Patreon and uh, our Patreon chat. Don't forget, um, there'll be a pod out midweek. Brendan will be doing that and there'll also be YouTube at the weekend, stuff like that. And I'll be back reviewing who have we got at the weekend. Bournemouth away. Bournemouth away. Joys. Right, look out for that. Um, keep the faith. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.